Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and each week I have a chance to go on 600 AM KGEZ and talk to Anthony Knockreiner on his show, The Knock on Sports, as we catch up on the latest action from the Seahawks and look forward to the upcoming game against the Minnesota Vikings. In the show, we talk about the Seahawks' 17-9 victory over the Eagles and who we'd be blaming if the Eagles were able to pull off that victory. Also, how special teams looked with the absence of Tyler Lockett and really the incredible accomplishments he's been able to achieve as a kick and punt returner during his time with the Seahawks. If, in fact, he has moved on from those roles, I take a look at where he stacks up against other special teamers in franchise history. We also talk about the upcoming game against the Minnesota Vikings and one of the players on the Vikings who is similar to some other players who have caused problems for the Seahawks so far this season. And Anthony and I close things out with our Week 13 picks. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports. And joining me in studio to talk some NFL, talk some Seattle Seahawks football, and make some NFL picks, he's my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Brandon, great to chat with you, man. I know we didn't get to chat last week, a lot going on, but uh, great to have you in studio once again, man. I, I don't know if I like the way this is starting off, Anthony. You aren't significantly fired up enough for this. It, the Seahawks are 9-2 and two after their win over the Eagles. I, hey, man, I am fired up. But, again, the Seahawks are 9-2. and two. Tampa Bay still stinks. So I have, you know, I got mixed emotions, mixed feelings on sure, this one. Sure, sure. You know? But they... The, Tampa got the win over the Falcons. They're, they're you know, yeah. on their way up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but either way, like you pointed out, 9-2, and two, uh, the Seahawks playing extremely well. Not a pretty win against the Eagles, yeah. but the job gets done. They go to 6-0 and oh on the road, and none of the road wins except for the one over the Cardinals has been that pretty. And I'm I'm okay with that. I, I They're winning on the road. That's the important thing. And... The other important thing is that the defense is starting to hold the team up when the offense hasn't shown up necessarily against the 49ers and against the, you know, enough to get it done against the 49ers, but you know, not a great offensive performance by the Seahawks against the Eagles. And and they have a pretty tough defense in Philly, but the fact that the defense showed up in the way they did getting five turnovers, we got to see some pass rush from Shaquem Griffin who had some nice moves in this game. That's without Jadavion Clowney. Yes, and Jadavion Clowney on the bench. So we saw Rasheem Green, you know, a, a young pass rusher step up, and and he had, I think, five or six pressures. Uh, we saw Ziggy Anza uh, get some pressure on the quarterback and force some fumbles even. Well, here's my thing. I, I've never understood why Carroll, in the way they used Shaquem Griffin, because he was great at pass rushing at UCF. Yeah. Like, I know they try to drop him back and, and play him a little at linebacker, but he was always a pass rusher. That's his That's his deal. That's what he was really good at. And it's, I'm glad he's doing well now because I was kind of wondering if he would get cut just simply because we weren't really seeing him on that defensive side of the football, doing a lot of great things special teams-wise. Well, and when you watch him too, it, the fact that he is undersized is very evident. Right. You know, going up against tackles. And sometimes his spin move, not the greatest, but he does, because he does have that speed, he can fake the speed to the outside and he has a lateral movement to the inside that mm-hmm. allows him to, to cut in between the guard and the tackle. And that's where he was getting his pressure on Carson Wentz. And he nearly had a safety. He almost had another sack against Carson Wentz. And he was there to to break up that exchange between Wentz and the running back and and force a fumble that, you know, got the Seahawks in good position on offense. And the frustrating thing what the offense was after that drive is all they did was back up 
and uh, and ended up having to punt. Are you concerned? Oh, no, that was the interception that Russell threw. Gosh. <laughs> it was a really ugly day. Um, are you concerned, though? Because obviously San Francisco got a good defense. As you mentioned, Philly, defensive line-wise, very good as well. Does it feel like maybe they kind of figured out Russell? Or, listen, they're just playing good defenses, uh, and it's tough to have great outings against everybody. Well, they do have some struggles on the offensive line, which I know we've talked about in the past. Joey Hunt, a backup center. He's not Justin Britt, but he, he's doing okay. But when you have those physically dominant interior D linemen, he's going to get overpowered from time to time. And I think that's where... We see a couple moments in this game against the Eagles. We saw it against the 49ers where he would just get run over and uh, it resulted in a sack with Russell Wilson. Yeah, as I said, I remember that one in particular against San Francisco where Russell Wilson <laughs> didn't even have a chance. No, you know, Hunt just ended up on his back and it was you know straight on to Russell Wilson from there. Well, let's talk about uh, Tyler Lockett as well. Uh, obviously, uh, in the last time we chatted, obviously having that injury against San Francisco was really, you know, at the time was really, looked really bad. You guys might lose him. Yeah. But now he's come back a little bit more, showing a little bit more health. Uh, didn't have a great statistical game, but again, the offense didn't in general. What do you think about Lockett right now? Well, I think I, I do have some thanks to give to the 49ers because uh, apparently it was the 49ers staff that gave him some kind of uh, cold compress kit that only professional NFL teams keep on hand. And that helped reduce the swelling while he was down in San Francisco. So he was able to call the team and and get uh, one of these uh, leg compression thingies from the 49ers. Well, so you guys didn't have one? I, I don't know. Apparently they don't travel with them or they had already gone back or I don't know what the deal was. But apparently he needed one, was able to get one from the 49ers. So it was just kind of a, a cool uh, sportsmanlike gesture from the 49ers. And, uh, and that could have helped him recover a little bit more quickly it sounds like he's still on the mend he, he didn't have quite the speed that we're used to seeing from Tyler Lockett he had the catch down the middle uh but it does sound like he's going to work his way back and, and maybe we'll we will see that speed coming up against the Vikings but uh it's cool that I that we got to see some of the other special teamers get involved with Travis Homer taking the kickoff returns with uh, David Moore taking the punt returns. And the fact that David Moore, on such a windy day in Philly, was able to just look like a, a natural vet at taking those punt returns, uh, that gave me uh, just the feeling that... Because going into the season, as a Seahawks fan, we talked about it. It Was it time for Tyler Lockett to move on from special teams and focus on taking down some of the Seahawks' receiving records rather than the special teams, because he he's an a, elite special teamer in franchise history for the Seahawks. He's already, I think his next punt return will put him at number two behind Nate Burleson, all time on franchise punt uh, yardage leaders for the Seahawks. And he's already top five, number four for kickoff returns. And number two, when you combine those two, only behind Leon Washington. So he's he's shown that uh, he can be the, the franchise guy for special teams, but now we need him at wide receivers. Let's just have him focus on that now. Well, I was about to say, too, I mean, at the, at the moment, obviously this, this competence from these guys shows because, like I said, you guys do are going to need to still take care of him as the season progresses. You guys need him more in the postseason. Um, you know, obviously still a very heated race for the division itself. But you guys need him at wide receiver because I think part of it also, too, is without Tyler Lockett's speed, it really does slow down in the offense because the, the defender now the defense doesn't have to toss two guys over there to make sure that he doesn't go over the top of you. Yeah, well, and his speed, and then you pair that with DK Metcalf's speed. But as we saw with Metcalf in this last game, he doesn't necessarily always have the hands that Tyler Lockett does or put himself in the position to make the catch as well as Tyler Lockett does because he had 
three passes that were very catchable. I don't know if they went down as drops or not because they were, it, they, in some ways, they were difficult catches to make having the defenders right there or with the wind and, and trying to catch it in the end zone. But if the Seahawks don't get this win, we're looking at a, a catch that DK Metcalf could have made in the end zone for a touchdown where the Seahawks end up coming away with no points. And then we see uh, a field goal that they have to take because Russell Wilson misses a wide-open Jacob Hollister in the end zone. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't happen very often. I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. <laughs> he just airmailed the guy for seemingly no reason. He could have run it in or he could have you know thrown it, just thrown it right at his numbers, but he airmails it over his head. Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. The Seahawks have a big one on Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings, and they've got to keep pace with those pesky San Francisco 49ers as they continue to win. We'll talk about that next year on the Knock on Sports. Brandon Schultz and Anthony Knockreiner here as we break down the Seattle Seahawks getting ready for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Brandon, uh, here's the deal. This game is really, really important, not just because, again, continuing to win, making sure you guys continue to win at home, given you've given up two. But again, if you look at it, the two that you gave up at home were against two really, really good football teams. One in the AFC, I know we're going to talk about here in a second because they take on the 49ers. But right now, the way things are looking, you guys really do need the Ravens this week. So that way you guys can tie up and maybe set a divisional championship game in week 17. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Ravens because they got the big win over the Rams and essentially ending the Rams season playoff yeah. hopes. I mean, I know that they could, if they win out and the Vikings have struggles, then yeah, maybe they could sneak in as the sixth seed, but they're not looking like a playoff team after what we saw. And yeah, you mentioned the teams that the Seahawks have lost to. They've lost to the Saints and they've lost to the Ravens. And the fact that they only gave up 16 points to that Ravens offense, because two of those 14 points, those two touchdowns were off of defensive scores. They were able to limit the the Ravens offense to just 16 points it kind of it makes me feel better about the Seahawks defense I know we we talked about them struggling early on in the season but they're kind of coming on here toward the end of the season definitely so and you know when you look at this Minnesota Vikings team the biggest thing for you guys I think is not going to be so much the air where you do have to worry about the passing game because again the bright lights for Kirk Cousins could benefit (laughs) you but Dalvin Cook is the more dangerous threat Dalvin Cook is very dangerous and we've seen you know talk about those two losses it's been Alvin Kamara and it's been Lamar Jackson, and those two guys are very difficult to tackle, and Dalvin Cook is kind of that same kind of shifty type of running back that you do have to worry about trying to bring down. So that could be a, a difficult ask for the Seahawks with the, you know, the, the struggles there that they've had with, with tackling those shifty guys. So that's where I am worried, but I am worried about Kirk Cousins too because you go back and since week five, he's one of the top passers in the NFL you know he didn't have a great start to the season but since Dalvin Cook started to get rolling he's he's been among the best in the league well it's great when you get a running game I mean that's how it's all quarterbacks <laughs> if Jameis Winston had one maybe he wouldn't have 100 turnovers yeah. running game offensive line help it, it makes a huge difference it does uh and speaking of the offensive line and, and speaking on that and let's flip the matchup here the Vikings defense still very tough I, I don't know maybe if as good as they've been in previous years But at the same time, another tough matchup for the wide receivers against the secondary where they're going to have to create some space. Well, they, you know, I worry more about the Vikings up front than on the back end because, yeah, traditionally you do have the corners to worry about for the Vikings and they are tough, but they have been susceptible to the deep ball. 
this year. And it's so it's kind of similar to the Eagles. You know, they, they have very solid defense, solid corners, but kind of susceptible to the deep ball. And I think because that's where the Seahawks excel, that's where we could see a, a little bit of benefit for the Seahawks in this game. I think we're going to see a lot more deep balls from Russell Wilson then. Well, it's going to be, you know, that protection up front, right? Because right. to throw the deep ball, you need you need a little <laughs> bit of time. And that Vikings defensive line, I do worry about that a little bit. But, you know, they always seem to find ways to make those deep plays da- down the field, you know, whether it's rolling Russell Wilson out to the side and, you know, getting him outside of away from the pass rush. Uh, they can do that, and and that's what they're going to need. And and they're going to need big games from either Rashad Penny or Chris Carson, whoever they decide to put out there this game. Well, what do you think about that? Because obviously Penny had the big run for the touchdown. Yeah. Looks like I guess there was some frustration from Russell Wilson with Chris Carson. Uh, but right now, who do you ride with? Yeah, well, the frustration from Russell Wilson was because I, I guess he made a check out of uh, a run play uh, or into a run play out of the pass play, and Carson didn't get that communication. And so when Russell went to hand him the ball, and it just so happened that that, that play came after Carson fumbled it right before with when his offensive lineman elbowed the ball out of his hands, um, Yeah, Carson thought it was going to be a fake and <laughs> didn't take the ball, and Russell thought he should have taken the ball, and, and that's what happened. So I think that's where the frustration came from. And it's just really unfortunate because Carson has had so many struggles and they need his toughness. I I like Penny's speed, but they need Carson's toughness. So I do like them both to play. (laughs) Right. But do you think, and here's my curiosity because you do need Carson. And obviously last year we, you know, he had a lot of carries last year at this point of the season to try and keep him fresh for the playoffs. uh, Do you just give the ball to Rashad Penny? Because obviously Rashad has missed time already with games. Uh, being missed with injury, so obviously there's that concern. But do you try and give him so that way you can kind of freshen up, Chris, when you guys get to the postseason here in a few weeks? Yeah, and I, I feel like that was part of the idea with the Eagles, although we we did see that uh, the Eagles, you know, you kind of want to beat them with speed to the outside, but it was a run up the middle that Penny got his touchdown, so that was, that was kind of cool. My feature guest is Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. We will make NFL picks next year on the Knock on Sports. Give your sweet tooth something to be thankful for. Head on down to your local Kalispell Dairy Queen and experience the new cinnamon roll shake. Set to be a true classic with real milk, vanilla soft serve, and cinnamon flavor all hand spun. Also, for a warm treat, try the two for four menu. That's right. Mix and match any two items for only four bucks with options like pretzels, chicken strips, and cheeseburgers. Your Kalispell Dairy Queen, where happy tastes good. At the corner of Maine and Idaho. Brandon Schultz joins me now as we make our NFL picks. Unfortunately, we didn't get to make NFL picks last week, but that really doesn't matter because Brandon's got like a 12-game, 14-game lead on me right now. I, I don't know if I'm going to catch you with four weeks left to go here, my friend. Uh, there's, there's still time, you know. I, you're trying to you're <laughs> trying to keep me upbeat. I, I think I'm going to have to give you the crown here in, just, in a few weeks. By the way, week 16? Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> Um, I know you guys have the Seahawks Pick'em League. How, how are you doing in that one? I'm actually doing really well. I'm in the, out of uh, 330 teams, I'm in the top 30 now. Nice. I know. We're, wait, wait, we're not number one. I mean, you've been pretty good this year. I, well, there's been some people who have been better than me. Hard oh, to believe. I know. It really is hard <laughs> to believe. Uh, all right. So we, it's a little bit interesting week, obviously, that Thanksgiving week. we got three Thanksgiving games to break down on Thursday. We obviously have the classic teams here, Chicago at Detroit. Who do you got? 
I am going with the Bears. This is such a coin flip type game. Is Stafford going to be back for this game? I don't think so. Yeah, that's part of my reason for going with the Bears. But the Bears don't really have a quarterback either. So, Well, I was going to say, I'm going to take the Lions here because it is Thanksgiving. They are at home. This They've been, they've led every game they've been in this season. Yeah. I feel like they finally get a win because it is Thanksgiving. Um, moving on to the next one, Bills at Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, I, I'm kind of going with your logic here and that the Cowboys get their win at home. A lot of pressure on Jason Garrett to get the win and because of some of Jerry Jones' comments here recently. Oh, Dallas hasn't beaten a winning team yet, and the Buffalo Bills are a winning football team, so I'm going to take the Bills here. Josh Allen playing well. Hey, if this goes your way, you could be on your way to a comeback after these two games. <laughs> Saints at Falcons. Um I'd like to see the I could I could see the Falcons winning at home, but man, what they did to New Orleans just a couple of weeks ago, I don't think New Orleans is going to forget that. No, they probably aren't, and it is in Atlanta's house, and it's in the evening on Thanksgiving, so um, I I can't go I can't go against the Saints. I know, no, I can't do it either. Uh, going to regular action on Sunday, Titans at Colts. I'm taking the Titans right now. I'm actually taking the Titans too. The Colts are favored to win this game, but. The Titans, for whatever reason, when the opposing team's favored, they they end up pulling off the win. So, and well, it's a divisional game. So. They've been playing better with Tannehill behind yeah, center. Yeah, they got a good running game. Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, I had him on the bench last week again. <laughs> uh, Jets at Bengals, the uh, toilet bowl. Yes, the winless Bengals. I will take the Jets. You think anybody takes the upset with the Bengals here? Do you think you win any money if you make that bet? I actually looked in our Pick'em League and on Yahoo, majority of people are actually going with the Bengals to get their first win. Yeah, it's a little over 55%, I think. Wow. All right. Uh, Carolina hosting Washington. Uh, no question here, I think. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah, Carolina continues. Uh, I can't believe this is a 1 o'clock game because this feels like a primetime game. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco at Baltimore. I love this as the, being the the one o'clock game because this. Then I have this game I can watch. I can watch the Rams Cardinals in the afternoon, and you know I get my whole NFC West fix. And uh, this will be cool because when the Seahawks play on Monday night, we'll know the outcome of this game. And if the 49ers fall, which I have predicted that they will to the Ravens, uh, then the Seahawks, if they get the win over the Vikings, they could take the division lead. They could, and I think they're going to have, well, we'll get into that too, but I th I agree with you. I think the Baltimore Ravens keep on rolling. Uh, I think they win this one because they're trying to keep pace with the New England Patriots for that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, Buccaneers at Jaguars, 50-50 here. I'm going to take the Bucs, as you know. I'm going to take the Bucs too. Really? Yeah. I, the Jaguars, this, this burns you before, you know. I know, I You didn't know, have to agree with me last week. I, I thought that the, the – that the Jags would get a boost with Nick Foles coming back, and I didn't see that. So I, I'm going with Jameis. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. I'm taking the Steelers in the upset. Hodges starting. I like Hodges. I'm going to go with the Browns. They're kind of surging. We got to see Beckham with a, a, t a touchdown finally. Yeah, well, at the same time, too, we won't have to worry about a brawl, I hope. <laughs> that, uh, hopefully. So. <laughs> uh, Packers at Giants. No question here. Green Bay rebounds. Yeah, I'll take Green Bay. Uh, Philadelphia at Miami. I am I am really tempted because this just feels like a Miami Dolphins game in November that they win at home. Um, uh, but I'm going to take the Eagles to win. I'm going to take the Eagles too because I picked the pal because I picked the Cowboys. The Eagles are going to need to keep pace. Rams at Cardinals again. Another one where I kind of feel like the Cardinals could get a win here, but I'm going to go with the Rams. Well, especially after watching what Lamar Jackson. 
did to that Rams defense. You know, could Kyler Murray, uh, you know, kind of a, a a smaller version of Lamar Jackson, do you, the same thing to that defense? You think Cliff Kingsbury is calling up uh, John Harbaugh? Hey, uh, hey uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing with Lamar? Hey, can I can I see your playbook? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Rams though because I think every all this talk about them being done, uh, I think that'll at least motivate them a little bit uh, for one more week. Chargers at Denver. I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers again. I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers here, too. Are you they sure? Tend, they tend to do well when they go to Denver. Well, a lot of people have been doing well against Denver this, <laughs> well. this year. Uh, ask the Vikings. Um, Raiders at Chiefs. Going with the Chiefs. Can't believe the Raiders lost. To the Jets. I that know. badly, too. That badly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I want to agree with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs on this. Or I already said this. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Patriots at Texans. Listen, everyone's been hyping the Texans. I have not bought them. They had a good little small winning streak uh, early on in the season. I'm going to take New England to win here, no question. But I'm not buying this as a buying Houston. Well, Houston, they have their issues. And I think that up against, you know, it it really does show when they go up against good teams. And that's why I'm going to take the Patriots too. But I think I do think the Texans will win their division. Uh, Minnesota at the Seattle Seahawks. I don't feel like this is going to be too uh, too hard for you. I'm, I'm going to take Seattle. You know, the Vikings under Zimmer, they're two and three coming out of the bye. Ooh, all right, a little mixed bag. Um, I'm going to take Seattle as well here. Uh, again, I, I think with Kirk Cousins, you guys are going to be able to take some opportunities here. Uh, he hasn't had that game. He's been playing well since week five, but he's due. His Kirk Cousins' signature win this year has been against the Cowboys, and that was kind of in that prime time under the lights, but it was the Cowboys. Exactly. It was the Cowboys. <laughs> Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals Podcast. Brandon, if you want to catch the latest episode of the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, subscribe to the Field Goals Podcast at SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts, and you can go to SeahawkersPodcast.com. Brandon, unfortunately, you and I are not going to have our conversation next week as I will be in Florida. But when I return, we will be chatting about that, and hopefully it'll be a very interesting chat as we get ready for that big matchup uh, between the San Francisco 49ers and Look the Seattle Seahawks as well. Looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully you do well in your picks and, and you can come back from it. And I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> the same to you, Brand. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving with you and your family as well. Uh, like I said, I always really appreciate your time. Thanks to Anthony for having me on the show this week. Be sure and look forward to the upcoming show with Clinton Bonner as we do three in, three out this week. That'll be coming up next. And if you're looking for more Seahawks content, of course, you can go to fieldgoals.com. Alistair Corp has an article about a new addition to the practice squad, tight end Wes Saxton. Seahawks bringing him back. Mookie Alexander has the enemy reaction from the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Tyler Olsen has an article on Lamar Jackson and some of the things that he's doing that are putting him ahead in the MVP talks in the race with Russell Wilson. So check that out, fieldgoals.com, and we'll be back here tomorrow with some three in, three out. Go Hawks! Go Hawks!